0: Happy Monday, fuckers. This is your somewhat well, somewhat toxic, most of the time doing her best connoisseur bringing you another episode of Wellish. And when I say most of the time doing her best, I mean this episode right here because, you know, a lot of my other episodes give you the utmost advice, like the utmost wellness advice. But if you haven't noticed at the beginning of this, I always say kind of toxic. And that's because I definitely don't always do what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I do my best to try to be this like wonderful, well version of myself, but it's just not always the case. I just do things that lean a little bit more on the toxic side. And I do things that I know aren't necessarily the right thing to do. Like I haven't worked out in a really long time. I do things that aren't always up to par with what I have envisioned as my healthiest, best self. So we're going to elaborate on that a little bit today. (laughs) Last week, we talked about the phone screen thing, that even though my boyfriend isn't my home screen, and I totally think it's juvenile to expect me to be his background forever, I live in this like double standard that I'm irritated that I'm not my boyfriend's home screen. And then it dawned on me that there's like... A lot of shit that is technically considered toxic or wrong behaviors in a relationship that I think are kind of bullshit. The me that's trying to be as healthy and elegant and sane as possible feels it necessary to disclaim a tad and say that if you feel you need to act out to get what you want from a relationship, or if you feel you need to make excuses for a partner's toxic behavior, I just want to remind you that if the person wanted to, they would. If they made you feel sketched out or uncomfortable, there's probably a reason. This isn't me giving anyone permission to treat people poorly or to be a fucking psycho doing any of these behaviors that we're going to talk about in excess or with malicious intent is an issue unless they give you a reason to do them in excess or maliciously (laughs) but my point is a relationship isn't supposed to be that hard it is supposed to enhance your life it's not supposed to make it harder so if you feel that way about your relationship, it's easier said than done. But get the fuck out of there. You're deserving of more than what that fucking scumbag's bare minimum is. But the truth is that there's so much shit that even in a healthy relationship is frowned upon. And I'm fucking tired of it. Call me toxic. I don't care. I call myself toxic at the beginning of every episode, like I fucking said, because I know there's shit that I do that isn't a poster perfect. We all go through shit and sometimes you got to play the game. It shouldn't be that way. And you can do what you can to try to mitigate that as much as possible. But let's not fool ourselves and lose the fucking game because we're blind to the other people in our life might be playing because we want to play the healthy way. You're not going to win. You're going to get trampled on by life and the fucked up things that people do. What I'm thinking here is you have to play smarter, not harder. So I just want to talk about behaviors that need to be given more of a green light or at least, at least a yellow light. Of course, Wellish wouldn't be the same without you guys and all of your awesome input into my far-fetched topics. And you all had some really strong opinions of toxic behaviors in relationships or while casually dating that you think should be a bit more forgiving. So let's get into it. My first one is a little... She's a little rough, <laughs> but... It's definitely a form of abuse, but I just want to take a moment to justify you. (laughs) That sounds so fucked up, (laughs) but wait, bear with me. I wanted to talk about this because it was something that was briefly brought to my attention in Teresa's interview. She talked about how she also had bad behavior when she was being abused in her relationship, but she called it responsive abuse. After I heard that, I became much more aware and started recognizing it in situations that some of my friends were in or even honestly in past versions of myself. It sounds pretty self-definable, but I just wanted to get into the nitty gritty of what this term really entails. So I turned to my trusty pal, Google, that you guys know I love so much and typed in what is responsive abuse <laughs> and honestly this is another one that I should have done just like right here on the podcast with you guys because my reaction bro was like last week's reaction when I fucking googled this shit in big ass fucking letters Google pulls up
1: gaslighting
0: (laughs) but now this is going to be gaslighting someone else this isn't doing it to yourself so here is the definition on Google Known by its other term as gaslighting, reactive abuse happens when the abused person decides to react against the abuser in a manner that could also be considered abusive. Thus, here's the, here's the big part here, the abuser will claim that the abused is guilty of abusive behavior. Now, if that ain't some shit, if that ain't some fucking manipulative shit, and that's the problem that I wanted to talk about. If you've ever been in a toxic relationship, you've probably done this. I remember my ex used to say to me that I act perfect and like I do no wrong and like I'm some beautiful, perfect little angel that doesn't do anything. But the thing was... I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was upset because he was cheating on me or ignoring me for days on end or fighting with me so bad I would be in like panic hysteria mode. But looking back, if you guys remember the definition of self gaslighting from last week's episode, it is suppressing your thoughts and emotions and gaslighting somebody else isn't too much different gaslighting is basically just manipulating someone to the point that they question their own reality and you fucking know i was trying to make that motherfucker question his reality for multiple reasons first of all i was just trying to manipulate him if that's even what you want to call it to see a different reality than what he was trying to convince me reality was i was trying to make him see the truth he was trying to make me see his way which wasn't true. It was him justifying his behavior. But mind you, I was so infatuated, not so much with the person, which could definitely be the case in a lot of scenarios that you're just like so infatuated and in love with this person that you just are convincing yourself that they can do no wrong. That wasn't so much my Situation I was more infatuated with success in the relationship like I so fucking badly wanted to prove to myself and everyone else that it was me he wanted to be with and so from that I was manipulating him basically into wanting to be with me and why he should love me and why he should want to be with me and not all the other bitches that he was cheating on me with. But like, that's why I say like, if you even want to call it manipulation, like, does that really make me a bad person? Sure, it's toxic. I mean, abusive is right in the fucking title. But when you've been stomped on and cheated on and tricked and betrayed and lied to and gaslit, the list fucking goes on, basically treated worse than the person who supposedly loves you would treat a fucking stranger on the street fuck yeah I'm going to retaliate back and the healthy answer is just to leave sure but that's a hard thing to do you have to go through this journey of finding your strength and your confidence before you can just up and leave without looking back the other thing too is while you're in a toxic relationship that they're making you feel like shit the whole time the longer you're in it the more you're self-confidence and self-esteem and ability to just like take control of your life like exits your body. You're left feeling like the only thing that you have is that person and that your life is going to fall to shambles if they're not in it. Except the funny thing about that is what you can't even see when you're in that situation is how much in shambles your life fucking is because they're in it, not because they're not. But Again, it takes a while to realize that, especially if you've been with that person for a while. You're so upset and beaten down by the situation that you want answers. You're looking for closure. You want to figure out what you did to make them treat you that way because you know you were great to them and would never treat them how they treat you. So you guilt them for the way they've treated you or you put them down because they've done that to you or you want to give them a taste of their own medicine. And what's wrong with that? literally what's wrong with that we know deep in our hearts that we're eventually not going to be with that person and if we have to leave the relationship damaged then they fucking can too because you wouldn't treat the person that is being healthy and kind to you in this way that's when it's toxic it's toxic to manipulate and gaslight somebody for no reason at all but if they're doing it to you for so long to the point that it never changes I mean shit if it's been one week and they're doing it too. That's a red flag right there. But if they've been doing it to you for so long, nothing changes. Do it back. If you can't fucking leave, fuck that. That you, you're a bad person. That you're an abuser too, because you're in fight mode. Obviously, that's not like the healthiest advice. And it definitely would feel good to leave the relationship, knowing that you never did wrong to that person. But I don't know. Honestly, sometimes that could even feel bad too. Like that you allowed that person to treat you that way and you never did anything about it, that doesn't feel good either. And seriously, like I just said, have you ever heard of fight or flight mode? Like it's literally a survival tactic. You're in fight mode. Like I said at the beginning of this, none of these are good in excess. But in the words of one of you smart motherfuckers who wrote this in, jealousy should be okay. Weird possessiveness is not okay. And this was something that I already had written down on my fucking list of things that I thought Should be forgiven because why can't jealousy just be proof that I love you? Like, that sounds so fucked up, but that's because we've been told that jealousy is the green eyed monster since Shakespeare wrote that shit down. Taking this away from relationships for a moment, I originally wanted to say that jealousy shouldn't be felt in our personal life endeavors and that you can't compare yourself to others and that you can only compare yourself to where you've been before. And while that's true, the key words that I said are that jealousy shouldn't be felt. Jealousy is just a feeling and literally who made the fucking rules of what we should or shouldn't feel. We can't be angry at ourselves or talk down to ourselves about a feeling that's completely out of our control that just pops in. It's in our control when we continue to allow it to fester, but those initial feelings that just pop up most of the time like we can't really do anything about that so why beat ourselves up about it we just have to acknowledge it and handle it I'm going to go as far as to say it's a good thing for us to allow jealousy to be felt all the way through to internalize it and ask ourselves why we're feeling that way and then use it to tell ourselves how to take action so in a situation outside of a relationship you see someone doing something with their life that you wish you could do too well instead of throwing a fit about it or wasting your energy fucking hating that person, why don't you figure out what it is they have that you want and then create a plan to make that reality for yourself? Bringing that same ideology into a relationship can go two separate ways. If you're casually dating and feel jealous, it's probably because they aren't spending as much time with you as you would like. Or maybe you're seeing that person talk to someone else that Is making you feel jealous because they're not talking to you, or why are they talking to that person? Honestly, there's a very simple answer for this one. I said it at the beginning and I'm gonna say it again. If they wanted to, they would. It's not gonna be that complicated. This isn't like you can be some crazy jealous because you went on one date with him and you think you have some weird claim over the person. You don't. If you haven't distinguished that you guys are exclusive, then you don't have a reason to act upon those jealous feelings you can feel that inside and wish that things were different but if he is giving you signs that he's not as into you as you thought that he was then fuck that person and move on to the next if you're in a relationship and something happens that makes you feel jealous first of all like what kind of thing is he doing to make you jealous like is he treating another woman a way that he should be treating you or is it something out of his control that you don't like because like if he's doing something with somebody else that's making you feel a type of way like that's not cool. You shouldn't feel jealous of another person in a relationship. So that's something that should like really quickly be addressed and a boundary should be set. But an example of something that he might have done that's out of his control that's making you feel jealous is Like, for example, something that happened in his past that you're feeling jealous of. And I don't mean like being crazy like he's had another girlfriend before. Like, don't be a nutcase. But like, I'm talking about life events maybe more so. Like, that's kind of what makes me feel more jealous. Like, if they've done something with somebody else first, especially something that like makes it even worse for me, especially if like I haven't done the thing yet. So he would be my first but I'm not his. So that like and that makes me feel bad. So like let me give you an example from my personal relationship. There is a five year age gap between my boyfriend and I. He was at the end of his 20s while I was at the beginning of mine. So he's lived a life. He's lived a whole 20s life before he even knew that I existed. That said, he lived with his ex-girlfriend. But he is the only guy that I have ever lived with. Now, as I say that into the mic to you guys, I can feel the anger and jealousy creeping up inside of my soul. So I just have to say that he didn't even live with her for an entire year and he's lived with me for more than two. So there's that. But I digress. What I'm trying to say is that jealousy is just a feeling like happiness or anger and we can't shame ourselves for feeling it. Like, I think it's just a testament of how much you care about that person. I know that I said that at the beginning and it kind of makes me sound like a crazy person, but I'm serious. It's how you react that needs to be under control. Like, if I lost my marbles at my boyfriend for me not being the first woman he lived with. And if I go down the rabbit hole of, oh, well, you did that with her. So you must feel the same way about her that you did about me. One, all I'm doing is creating animosity between the two of us and two and this is like the big main point is i'm just showing him how fucking insecure i am about myself and our relationship i'm literally putting that on display for everybody to see but if you're like me not saying anything isn't going to work for you so you have to find a way to say something but saying it calm that's a whole different story, baby. (laughs) I'm just feeling a little jealous because X, Y, and Z. And if they love you and they care about you, their answer should be along the lines of, oh, baby, I love you. You have no reason to feel jealous because you're the last woman I want to live with ever. Oh, babe, I'm so sorry I made you feel that way. I will definitely be more mindful of my behavior. Can you imagine if men talked like that? That'd be lit. (laughs) Because like the trick is they're never gonna say exactly that. But you just have to be able to translate in their man terms what they're trying to say to you. But the main point is that they should be making you feel better, not worse. They shouldn't shame you for feeling jealous. You can express that feeling and count on them to make you feel better and more secure than shamed and feel fucking worse about feeling that way in the beginning. And now you're thinking that you're maybe right in your feelings. This next one, there's so many unspoken rules for who should text who first and how many times you should be texting and how long you should wait between texts and all that shit when you're casually dating. But This one was brought to my attention and I wanted to stick it in here because in a world that has a lack of gentlemanly behavior there are things that I think should be done by men and it doesn't make the girl toxic for wanting that from him. This is probably like the least feminist argument because I definitely think that a woman can take control of the situation and act on what it is she wants and shouldn't be made to feel bad for doing so because I think that that's a really gross thing that our society does now is like make women feel Like shit because they just tried to get an answer out of somebody. They just tried to figure out what was going on with the guy that they've been talking to and if they're really that into them or whatever else. But that apparently makes us seem needy and desperate, which I just think is fucking horseshit. But I do think that if you're like me and you like the man to have more dominance and you like the feeling of being pursued, then this applies to you. The person that wrote in said that a guy should text you before a date to confirm when you are meeting up and if he doesn't care to text you beforehand then it's safe to assume that the date isn't happening. When I first read that I was kind of like that's lame because like I'm going to assume that the date is happening because we made plans for the date and if you're an asshole that doesn't show up then you stood me up because we had plans. But then I thought about it and If we're going to live in a world that we're considered needy and desperate and annoying, if I text first to confirm, then we can just put all the balls in their court and say, okay, then you can text me first. Otherwise, I'm not going to waste my time. Like the thought of waiting all day for this date, just assuming that it's going to happen and then getting stood up. No, thanks. I could have made other plans like just send me a text just send me a text to confirm that we're still meeting up. So I can feel like you're looking forward to meeting up with me. And I can feel like I didn't lose respect for myself for being like, are we still hanging out tonight? Because like, here's my logic. Again, like the easy way to think is like, you can text them too. Don't be like that. Like be strong and independent women. That doesn't make you needy or desperate, but whatever. But here's my thought. Here's my main thought on this one. If men want to go the route of enjoying the chase and if a woman is too easy to get to, she's less desirable, (laughs) then we can just sit back and assume that unless you chase us, you don't want us. It only makes sense because then if you don't, I can direct my attention elsewhere and that's not toxic. That's being efficient at weeding out the pussies. On to the next. Has something ever happened to you guys, whether it's something outside of the relationship or in the relationship that you have a hard time letting go of? And I don't even necessarily mean something that the person did to you, but the person who knows the most about it is the person you're in a relationship with, whether they are the direct cause of your discomfort or not. Well, guess what? women like to talk about it until we're blue in the fucking face it's just a fact of life it's in our biological makeup but guess what babe guess the fuck what this is our way of solving the problem you know how you do that thing that when we come up to talk to you about something and you just automatically go into problem solving mode yeah this is our version of that but somehow somehow probably because we're women ours is deemed toxic and for you We're supposed to interpret that as you actually showing your love for us by trying to help in the only way your biological makeup knows how. Just another way women get the fucking shaft. Let me tell you when beating a dead horse isn't healthy. When you're allowing it to consume you for long periods of time. If this is something you can never break from and it's something that you're dealing with because of the relationship you're in, then you gotta break from the relationship. Like you have to part ways with it just for your well-being. I'm going to use the example of cheating because it's my favorite example to give. But you get cheated on and... If you're anything like my dumbass, you choose to say time and time and time again. But in every single fight, you bring that up. It's something that eats at you day in and day out. And you wonder every single time he picks up his phone or that he says he's busy and can't hang out or his location won't reload. If that's what he's doing and you're driving yourself fucking bonkers, that's when you need to do what's best for you and your well-being and realize there's more to a relationship than feeling like this for most of it. But in short spurts. And if I want to. Beat the fucking shit out of that dead horse. You better let me. Because I obviously haven't gotten the reassurance or validation that I need to let it go. And I'm going to keep fucking digging until I get that reassurance and validation. Your partner says something in front of a group of people, let's say. You wish they wouldn't have said that. You're upset about it, blah, blah, blah. And then you try to say that to them and they don't understand. A dead horse is getting beat until they fucking not only get it, but are begging for me to stop beating it. That's, that's extreme, <laughs> but for real. I don't wanna say that I don't think anything is wrong with that, because there definitely is, especially if they're begging for you to stop. <laughs> but there's definitely a deeper meaning behind it that your partner isn't making you feel seen or understood or heard. I personally get upset if my boyfriend isn't mad with me. Like we get into arguments because I know for a fucking fact that if I said whatever I just said to him, to one of my girlfriends, that they would be like, what the fuck? That's bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Like be on my side about it. But when I say it to him, he says some stupid shit like, well, it's not something that you can control. Like, fuck you. I know that. But I want to talk shit with you. And then he tries to fucking say we're best friends. Well, shape up and beat the horse with me and then we can go get something to eat and we can move on. I don't get why it's that hard. But the biggest thing is like, even if it's something like out of either of our control, make me feel validated. Like I'm going to keep talking about it until you make me feel like we're on the same team. Like until you make me feel like I'm justified for the way that I feel about it. Like if I'm angry about something and you can't grasp why I'm angry or you can't reassure me or you can't validate me, then like I'm going to keep talking about it because I'm going to want you to understand that. That's my problem solving skill, babe. That's that's how I try to solve the problem is incessantly repeating it in my head over and over again to rake through all of the possible options for what a solution could have been or ways that it could have turned out differently or whatever, because that's how I cope with it. So work with me here. Work fucking with me here. And don't make me feel bad because I am still talking about the same thing and you think that we should just be able to move on okay, good for you. Congratulations that you're a man with a waffle brain that can just move the fuck on. That's not how my brain works. I got spaghetti brain, baby. It's all over the place. So we're going to beat the horse until you make me feel like I don't have to anymore. Okay, the next thing that I want to talk about makes me fucking laugh, bro. Because like, this one is more about forgiving than it being completely okay altogether. But like, My ex used to always say I was so toxic for this. So I just like I had to put it in here. He would literally like serial cheat on me. And then when I would be nervous as fuck constantly because I was always waiting for the next betraying blow to fucking hit me, I would question what he was doing or want reassurance and validation. And he would say that I need to stop dwelling on the past if we ever wanted to move forward and have a good relationship. And while that's true, did he ever do anything to make me feel safe or loved or anything even close to that? And I'm just supposed to fucking let it go? Like, bitch, what the fuck? When your words are different than your actions and you're spewing off all of these words that I want to hear, I go into this like self-protection mode because I'm trying to not be fucking tricked again and feel like an idiot again and believing you again and trusting in you again even though i'm still dating the person but that's besides the point we already covered this it's harder to move on when you have not the self-esteem to do so so you just got to deal with it while you can anyways <laughs> i have no choice but to remind you of your actions like i'm literally doing that so you can show me the reasons i don't have to worry that anymore like i'm spelling out for you how you need to treat me action-wise not with your fucking bullshit words action-wise to make me feel safe and loved and like, you're not going to betray me again. So I'm saying things like, okay, well, what about this? And what am I supposed to think when you do this? I want an answer. Like, it doesn't make sense when things don't add up and I'm questioning it. I'm questioning it because you're giving me a reason to question it. That's not me dwelling on the past. I'm literally using evidence from the past to calculate what my future is going to be. I'm in survival mode doing what I can not get hurt again. And because, like I said, I'm not leaving the relationship, like this is what I do. Now, like this is definitely a form of responsive abuse, because if you're constantly throwing what people did wrong in their face, that's not cool. But for some reason, you're not mentally strong enough yet to separate from the relationship. And I just I really just want to validate you that doing this doesn't make you a bad person. The same applies for once you leave the relationship. You're allowed to grieve. You're allowed to not just move on like so many people expect you to do. It's these expectations that are held over your head to be perfect and all of these behaviors are less than perfect. And that's okay as long as you make a continuous effort to heal yourself and to be better and be resilient so you don't have to continue making the same mistakes over and over again. Except a good thing that I think that you could try to do is while you're dwelling on the past your partner, use it for your own self-reflection. How many times have you had the same conversation? How many times are you willing to have the same conversation? And if you're out of the relationship, How long are you going to allow that person to have a chokehold on your consistent happiness and peace in your life? This next part, though, is once you are out of that toxic relationship, that that person made you feel unsafe and unseen and invalidated and that you aren't enough or you're not deserving whatever your wound is, you can't do all of your healing while you're still single. You can become the most confident, I don't need a man to validate me type bitch. But as soon as you're in a new relationship, like as soon as you add another person into the equation... There are wounds that I promise you will resurface. This is something that I really struggle with is that it isn't a testament to your new partner. Maybe you did pick another fucking asshole, but that's okay because you're going to learn that and you're going to grow from that and it's going to be all right. And you're going to have tactics that you've used from your previous relationship that are hopefully going to get you out of that situation even quicker than the last one. Or maybe not, but you know what? We're we're just moving along. Just keep on moving. My point is is that just because you're feeling those unhealed wounds, it doesn't mean it's because of your new partner. It just means that you have more healing to do. We have to unlearn toxic behavior that we've picked up from these old relationships that we haven't had to use during the time that we were by ourselves. You You know what a good example of this is? You know how at the beginning of this, I talked about how my ex used to tell me that I act like I do no wrong. Well, guess what fucking toxic behavior has followed me into my now healthy relationship? And nobody tell him that I said this, but I do things to my current partner that are totally unfair. And I literally can't even see it. Like I can't, even acknowledge that it's something that I'm doing wrong. It's something that I haven't even been aware of until recently. And like, I'm in such denial because I was locked into fight mode for so long that I have this skewed perception that I don't do anything wrong and that in every conversation, every single argument, I'm right. I used to straight up not allow any room for the possibility of me being in the wrong because for so long, even if I did things wrong, I felt that I was justified because I was acting that way due to his bad behavior. Now, with my current boyfriend, it's completely unjustified to assume that I'm never wrong in any situation again don't tell him I said that. But for real, like we're told how toxic it is to hold our partners accountable for old partners actions. But I don't think that's toxic as much as it is an unlearning process that needs to be given more grace. I'm not holding you accountable for another person's actions. I'm traumatized. Like I'm going to make sure that you know what I've been through and what I won't tolerate again. I'm letting you know ahead of time that I am on super spy FBI agent mode for that kind of behavior. So you just have to man up to whatever sketchy behavior you may or may. not act on because nothing is going to get past me. (laughs) And if it does get past me, I've communicated to you in more ways than one how hurt I've been in the past by that behavior. So hopefully you feel extra fucking shitty for treating me that way too. (laughs) The problem here though is that treating somebody like they can't be trusted when they haven't done anything to lose your trust that's that's not cool. That is internal healing that you have to do once it's shown itself as an issue still for you in your new relationship. This isn't a toxic behavior I'm necessarily saying is okay, but it's one that I think should be more forgiving, like I said. Like I think that it should just be more of like a yellow light instead of a red light. You need to be able to recognize what you're doing and set boundaries that you likely didn't set in your last relationship. And if you find yourself acting out, apologizing for being a crazy person but saying like you hit x y and z trigger and I'm afraid of getting hurt again you have to be vulnerable enough to do that if you want to make a change because hopefully if you're with a good guy or a good person he will want to make you feel safe and work through the trauma with you there's a difference between making mistakes and being toxic I have never thought of this point until one of you brought it to my attention Nagging and micromanaging. The person who wrote it in said that if they don't tell him to do it, it'll never get done. And how fucking true is that? This is like a, such a good point that people make it sound like you're a nag and you're annoying and horrible because you do this. But like, what the fuck? It's so true. If you've ever read the book Men Are From Mars and Men Are From Venus, it's just like a prime example of that, of just how like the two sexes are just two totally different animals. We operate so differently in so many different ways. And this is like a really big example of it. But the thing is, is if I've asked you, to fix the light 10 times just fix the fucking light and you won't get nagged it's not that hard like are you dumb it's not that hard nagging is literally a word that men fucking made up to make you feel bad about yourself if you would just do your part it wouldn't be an issue I'm trying to think of a situation that this would be considered unhealthy and again just like anything else doing it in excess does but why am I doing it in excess because I'm asking you for your help and you won't fucking help me. That's that that sounds toxic if you ask me. I I read something one time that said that if you really want your man to do something for you and he won't do it and you've asked him 300 times that you just have to ask another man to do it and that's what's going to make him do it. Like even if that man is your brother or your dad or your neighbor. Like it questions his masculinity and he does it. So that's a, that's a quick little a quick little trick. But now micromanaging, that's where you can kind of start to cross into the toxic boundary. Like if they're fixing the light and you're standing under them going, you're doing that wrong. Like maybe you should have just done it yourself. But if they're actually doing it wrong, why wouldn't I tell them that? Like, why is it wrong that if there's a right way to do something, you wouldn't inform the person who's supposed to be your partner of that? Like, I almost feel like that, like, so what? You can stick your finger in the light socket and get electrocuted? I'm telling you because I know that that's wrong. So why is that bad that I'm going to tell you the right way to go about it? Like, a better example might be with, like, Christmas around the corner. I, I can use this example. Like, if you're hanging the decorations and I think it would look better a different way, why not voice that? Maybe I see something that you don't. If you don't want to come down and look at them yourself, then just listen to me. If the decorations are something that you're like super passionate about, then you need to come to an agreement and compromise because the micromanaging turns toxic when you're taking his self-expression opinion and decision away from him. But if he doesn't express that he has a different opinion or decision, how am I supposed to know? I'm not a mind reader. Like if you make me feel badly because I took your manhood away from you because I didn't just let you execute it properly. Like, it's my house too, bitch. I don't want it to look ugly. And like I said, if it's something that you're very passionate about, then come down here, look at it with me and I'll show you what I see. And then you can show me what you see and we can come to an agreement. But are you going to have that conversation with me? No, you're going to just get angry because I told you what to do. But then not say anything. Just like come up, like just have this resentment against me. It reminds me of men who are intimidated by independent women. Like we are strong and outspoken. So we're going to tell you what we think because isn't that what you like about us? Like, isn't that what you said that you liked about me when we first started dating? But because that intimidates you, you're going to secretly resent me for it. That's bullshit. I'm already asking you to do me a favor that I probably could have done myself to stroke your fucking masculine ego. My bad if I have an opinion on how it's done. Plain and simple. I don't really get I don't really get it. I, I don't really get the mentality there. Oh, man, friends. I saved the absolute best one for last. The most common answer that you guys gave and my number fucking one toxic, quote unquote toxic trait that I think needs to be ex nade forgiven, gotten rid of. Go through his phone, baby. Go through that motherfucker's phone. Why is that not allowed? The two main reasons that I feel it's, been deemed toxic to look through someone's phone is like the main one is because you're invading their privacy. You're going through their personal space, invading their privacy. And the second one, I feel like I hear a lot is that there's always something on there that you're not going to want to see. Not necessarily that it's bad, but you can make something of anything and you're going to hurt yourself just going through there and seeing something that maybe you didn't necessarily want to see. For example, that they like porn that doesn't look anything like you or something like that. I don't know. Or I don't know anything. But like, guess fucking what? If both of those aren't the two biggest loads of fucking bullshit that I have ever heard, that is literally shit people who like to have secret lives on their phone like to say to keep you from ever finding out what they're doing. And let me tell you why. Invading someone's privacy or their personal space. First of all, (laughs) if I exclusively let you invade my personal space, in other words, my vagina, I don't give a fuck about personal space anymore. If you know your partner takes medicine for their mental health or has cream in their bathroom for when their vagina itches or the way they organize their underwear drawer or that their childhood stuffed animals are still in their closet or their deepest, darkest secrets, if you go to that person with all the good and bad things in your life and if they're your rock for when shit gets hard... What privacy am I invading on your phone? What's private? The nude you have in there? I'm confused. And for the point about inevitably finding something in their phone that I don't like, why would I? Why should there be something in there that I don't like? Because you're swiping up on girls' Instagram stories? Because you're not being inappropriate, but as a woman, we know when a guy says something that could come off as flirty, why are you doing that? Because I can assure you there's nothing in my phone that you don't know about. There is nothing in my phone that would make you feel bad about yourself. So what don't you want me to see? The only thing that I can think of that I wouldn't want my partner to see on my phone is a space for me to journal. Like I keep a journal, like a pen and paper journal, but I don't always have that with me everywhere that I go. So I have a space on my phone that I can journal because I do have that with me everywhere that I go. So if I'm upset or angry and I don't necessarily want to share it with my partner or I have to let out all my toxic thoughts and feelings before I can go to my partner and have a constructive conversation about them, that's the only thing I can think of that I wouldn't want them to see. Just like you wouldn't want them to read your diary and that you wouldn't read somebody's diary if you were a sane, normal person. That's the only thing that I can think of that should be off limits. Not your text messages. Not your Instagram. What personal feelings are you keeping in there that you don't want to share with me? Maybe talking to your friend about me? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like anything that would be in there. But by the time I'm looking at your phone, you should have voiced the concern to me. And I shouldn't be hurt by what you said to your friend. I should be concerned unless you were clearly talking shit about me to someone. There is a difference. Like there is a difference between Sarah's being a real fucking cunt lately and I'm just upset. I don't know why we've been arguing, but really... I'm not going through messages with your mom or your friends. I don't care about that. I'm looking for something specific, and if there's nothing like that, I'm not interested. And there's nothing for you to worry about. So what? What is the, all the hubbub? up? I don't. I don't get it. Like phones are still a very new thing. We're the first generation of people with phones, so we're still making the rules here. I think that. We're still in this craze of having so much at our fingertips, including someone to flirt with or sex with or have an emotional cheating relationship with. Because even if it's quote unquote harmless, you took to a girl's DMs for validation that you weren't getting because your long term relationship is in a rut. You took the easy way out instead of expressing your concern to your partner and trying to fix it. That's what people mean when they say a relationship takes work. And if you're just going to take the easy route because now you can, fuck that. Taking the easy route before phones would be like going to sit in a bar and maybe, maybe a girl comes to flirt with you and you flirt back. But if you go to a bar and pursue someone else to flirt, that's wrong and considered a form of betrayal. But a girl sliding in your DMs and you flirting back is not. You sliding in someone else's DMs and flirting is not. Why? Because you're still sitting on the couch next to the person you're dating? It's not harmless and it is shady and that's why you don't want me on your phone. If I randomly ask to use your phone, you shouldn't make me feel weird about it. Like, here's a big thing for me. If I randomly ask to use your phone, like just for whatever, to go Google something because my phone is at home or my phone is dead, you shouldn't make me feel weird about it. Like, even if I do go and peek at your text quick, I should be able to do that because obviously if I catch you randomly, I might be more likely to find what I'm looking for because you haven't deleted it yet. We have this entire world on our phone and we're just supposed to never see what our partner is up to on it. Do you know how much time and marriages and having children together people would have saved because the evidence would have been right there on the phone in front of them compared to having to actually catch the person in the act? Think about how often people find stuff on phones compared to before phones when you had to physically catch them, see them with your own eyes. That's probably why cheating is such a big thing now because, one, we're a lot more aware of it because we have our partner's phone to access, but two, it's so much easier and tempting to cheat. My ex... <laughs> or so many stories of him today. My ex used to tell me that he used to text a bunch of people, like friends and family to lower the person who he shouldn't be talking to in his messages. And he also told me that he would delete numbers of like his friends and family. So it would just look like a bunch of jumbled numbers. And he would be like, I just like don't save people's numbers. That's just like a thing that I do. You should feel special because your number is saved. (laughs) What? the shit that they come up with bro it blows me like if they make you feel sketched out about their phone there's most likely a reason like ask to look through it if they don't let you that's your answer or if they let you but then they stand over your shoulder the entire time that's also a probably pretty good indicator don't let them give you some bullshit excuse like invading their privacy especially if you guys already know more about each other than most people it's not disrespectful it's being aware bottom line all of these examples are less than perfect behavior. All of them can very quickly turn toxic and can cause more harm than good if you do them in excess. The point of this though is to validate you that the things you're doing aren't as bad as people want to make it seem. We're all human and there is no growth in shaming ourselves or others for acting on our emotions. The only thing that we can do seriously is our best to ask ourselves why we are feeling that way before taking these like aggressive toxic actions we're all just doing the best we can, man. You just got to trust your judgment enough to know that you're in a situation that's good for you or not. No matter how much I would try to convince myself that the situation I was in was okay, no matter how much validation I sought through music, books, quotes online of what I was doing was okay, and the relationship that I was in was going to survive, I always knew subconsciously that it wasn't the relationship I was meant to be in. But while you are in that relationship still, give yourself some grace about doing everything right. Do what you got to do until you decide that you're not going to settle. You can follow me on Instagram at underscore Sarah Ritt and you can follow Wellish at Wellish Podcast. Until next Monday, fuckers. I'll talk to you soon.